So, you know, I have a sort of a policy for myself that if Bruce wants my criticism, uh, he can ask me. And otherwise, I really don't criticize him. And I hope no one took anything I said about the ad as criticism. So my sneak out of this one answer is the last song of the night. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lessing Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and joining me again, one of my favorite people. I, I love Betsy so much. Uh, we had her on a regular episode, and at the end of the episode, she said, hey, you know, I've got my answers for that song questions you have. And I said, done, done. We're going to have you back. Welcome back to the show, Betsy. Oh, thank you so much, Jesse. I'm very excited to be here. Very nervous, of course, yes. with all my controversial picks, but uh, very yeah. excited to be here and back with you. Yeah, well, thank you. This is great. Um, we do, as we're recording this, it is the Tuesday after uh, the Super Bowl, also the first day of the trial for Donald Trump, but we will not get into that political mess. Um, but I do need to talk to um Twitter is all a blaze about Bruce's Jeep commercial. Yes. Yes. And, I'm very active on Twitter. So I've, I've seen yes. some of that at least. Yeah. So am I. And, you know, I, I you know, s- Saturday night when it leaked, at first I was worried, like, wait a minute. Are we sure this is it? Because it almost looked like scenes from Western Stars. And I've been fooled in the past where people have taken clips from different Doctor Who episodes, thrown together something, and it looks like a fan made, you know. And so I at first I was like, this looks legit. Um, And I've, you know, I recorded an episode Sunday morning. I had different people giving it. But my initial gut reaction is, this feels like something from Western stars. It sounds exactly like the message he's preaching of trying to find common ground and togetherness. And I was really impressed with it. But I guess that's because I'm a 61 year old white guy who was raised in a Baptist household, later converted to Catholicism, now eh, have a so-so relationship with a divine being. And I wasn't offended by anything. I guess I'm a minority. Thoughts, Betsy? I don't know if you're a minority. I don't know that Twitter is a great place to assess where most of Bruce's fans are on this or where most people are on this. Um, Twitter is an unusually unkind, judgmental place. Um, You know, my, my thought about it overall is this, that Somebody called Bruce up and said, hey, we can give you access to say whatever you want to a billion people, you know, hundreds of millions of people around the world, certainly around the United States, like a gajillion people. 
And I mean, most of all, actually what they did is they called up and said, you can, you can give this message to a gajillion people, this message that you care about so deeply that you've been talking about for so long uh, in general, and certainly for the last 10 months on your radio show, and that you can reach a swath of people you would never be able to reach otherwise. How about it? And my guess is that he understood that he would have to pay a price to do that message. Uh, that the price was he'd have to do an ad for someone, which he's never done, exactly. um, ever. And that was a price he'd have to pay. I'm sure he got compensated in some way or another. But, uh, you know, I think he's rich enough that whatever he was compensated is uh, in the margin of what he can count any given day. But I'm not being particularly succinct, and I'm sorry. But he, no, he you're, you're good. You know, he he had the opportunity to give a message he cares deeply about to a whole bunch of people and he knew he'd pay a price for it. And he did it anyway. It's very Bruce. As far as I can tell, I don't know him as a person, but I followed him for some time and I'm yes. a fan. And the message itself was very Bruce. Um, you know, so for the people who say he sold out, it's, you know, Steven Van Zant on Twitter was like, you guys calm down. He didn't even give him a song. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's not a selling out moment for me. He saw an opportunity. He knew he'd get criticized for it. And he did it anyway, because it was just that important to him. And for folks who really object to a message about getting to the middle, and I've talked with a fair number of them over the last few days, the part that I can hear is that it was an invitation to meet in the middle without any acknowledgement that at some point accountability for how we've behaved has to be on the table. I can hear that. Uh, but the flip side is, you know, and that takes the form for a lot of people of saying, I'm not meeting in the middle with people who X, Y, and Z. Right. And usually those are people on the left. I'm not meeting in the middle with people who are homicidal and want me and my kids dead or whatever. And I can right. hear that, but I also don't think that we were the target market. He can yeah. talk to us anytime. Yeah. You know, this was an opportunity for him to give this invitation to people who are center and right of where Bruce usually stands and where the fandom usually stands. And I think it was a, I think the message was crafted well for that, you know, and for people who object saying, look, it was a, it was a vision of a center of America that's in a Christian chapel, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I can hear that as well. I can hear that as well. And um, the flip side is that is Bruce. If you're a fan and that um, surprised you, uh, I would say you're probably one of the fans who misunderstood what more in the USA was about because you don't listen to the lyrics. <laughs> you know, my first thought, and, and absolutely there were uh, crosses there, but I was thinking of a hospital has a chapel that is open to all, right, in a hospital. And so I get that too. I um, Here is what I heard in... I have a good friend who is more conservative than I am. Mm 
And what he said is, I want to get back to where you want safe borders. I want safe borders. We disagree how to get there. Let's figure out how to do it together. You want everyone to have health insurance. I want everyone to have health insurance. Let's figure out how we do that together, right? Um, and, and, and I realize there are polar opposites, you know, uh, people with Second Amendment and people with a right to choose, you know, you know, as I said in my thing, if you truly are against um, unwanted pregnancies, then I would respect you a lot more if you push for free birth control and better sex education, right? I mean, I, I just would. Um, so that's what I read it as that not, I'm not giving up our goals. What I'm saying is here are the goals. Here's what we need. We want everyone to have a equal opportunity to the ballot box. We want people to be judged, you know, and, and have fairness. Um, let's talk about how we can get there together. So, um, and it's good. I, I was happy to. I, I was happy that he did this. I, I felt like he was trying to send a message, and you know, I mentioned a little bit, right? Good intentions have gone <laughs> bare to the bone, right? From uh, we take care of our own, and for someone to say that, and there have been some really mean people on Twitter about how he's uncaring and he doesn't, he's insensitive. I just that isn't the man whose music I've been following and listening to my adult life. And the one who canceled a concert in North Carolina because of their laws. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, you, you can't listen to the music over the years and listen to what he said yeah. uh, over the years and what he's done. Right. You know, he's put his actions and his money where his mouth is in some pretty profound ways and think that he's all or nothing. But Twitter is a very all or nothing medium. Yes. In some ways, I think the reaction to the ad is proving his point. Yes. And for for folks who really want the accountability piece, um, what I've learned over the years in the various works work that I've done in politics, the work that I do with racial equity, is that we often make the mistake of calling for accountability first and acknowledging the other person's humanity if and when we get to it, let alone second. Yeah. If we're lucky, we acknowledge it second. But what I find is that it only actually works when we remember and acknowledge and act on the other person's humanness, inherent innate humanness first, no matter how ugly anything else is appearing about them, and then go for accountability second, because no one's going to listen to a word you have to say if they don't think you can tell that there's a human being's beating heart underneath everything else. And so... To me, the ad was really a call for a shared acknowledgement of the human beating hearts we all have, um, even if they're wrapped in things we find um, inexcusable. Yeah, well said, well said. Okay, we'll move on. So um, for those of you who may not have ever heard one of these episodes before, um, I'll catch you up um 
the local sports station here in Dallas, um, the ticket would every week do a biggest bands coming to town. They would discuss all the bands that were coming to Dallas, Fort Worth area that week. And then they would vote on who's the biggest band. And it was an excuse to them to talk music. Well, the pandemic happened and there was no more tours. So they came up with um, the bands of your life. And so they had 11 questions, uh, band you hate, band you think is overrated, blah, 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 blah. And they had different people visit. They've had local celebrities. Um, they've had Joe Buck. They've had different people come in and answer these questions. And so I was like, man, that's kind of a cool thing. And my son, Chris said, well, you ought to make it Bruce centric somehow, dad. And I said, oh, why don't I do it Bruce songs? So we have 11 questions that, and the answer is, should be a Bruce Springsteen song, but you can only use a song once. So for example, you know, um, song you can listen to over and over again, great song to see live. They can't be the same song, even though if you were picking, you might pick, um, you know, um, Thunder Road or Born to Run, like four or five categories. So that's the premise. And I'm so excited you wanted to share, Betsy. And trust me, I said Jungle Land is the song that is overrated. So oh, you can't I know do you're anything. Doing. You can't do anything that's controversial <laughs> compared to that. <laughs> I know you said that. And yes. we're not, this, this isn't the time to discuss it, but Jesse. I know, I know. Jesse. Yes. Okay. Um, all right. Let's do the ugly one first. Song you hate or to be more diplomatic, a song you don't get. So, you know, I have a... Uh, sort of a policy for myself that if Bruce wants my criticism, uh, he can ask me. And otherwise, yes. I really don't criticize him. And I hope no one took anything I said about the ad as criticism. Exactly. So my sneak out of this one answer is the last song of the night. Ah, I love that. Because you don't want to hear it, right? Right. Yeah. Right. It's whatever the last song of the show is, that's the song I hate. I love that answer. That is clever and within the scope. I will allow it. Will that you allow great. it? Yes, I okay. allow it. I love that answer. Because right. there are songs I could name that just don't do it for me. But yeah. that, that is the song that I hate. That is greatness. Um, I've told the story. When I saw him at MetLife, the last time, not counting Broadway. Um, it was almost four hours. Um, it ended with um, Jersey Girl and the couple got on stage. You know, he asked her to marry him and there was fireworks. And I looked over at Chris and I said, I'm sated. For the first time ever in a Bruce show, I'm okay not asking for another one. That's the only time. <laughs> And the next day I was wish like, well, maybe he could have done one more, but at that very moment. So I get that emotion. Yeah. Song that you think is overrated. Okay. Now I'm willing to say this one because again, my policy is in place and the song I'm about to name is a brilliant song in and of itself. It's not overrated. I think it's okay. well rated, but I'm going to say it's overrated because there is a set 
of fans. There's no wrong way to be a fan, but if there were, this would come close for me. There's a set of fans who, if you say, oh, I'm a, I'm a big Springsteen fan, they're like, oh yeah, I like Springsteen. I like Nebraska. And it's usually um, almost always a dude. And usually they're, they, you can tell they sort of have an attitude about anything else he's done, including and especially Born in the USA, the whole album. So if you are that fan, I am going to say Nebraska is overrated. The song. I get it. Right. It's that I'm too cool to say I like dancing in the dark or I'm too cool. Like, really, has he done anything since greetings? Um, I I have in the back of my mind, I want to do a whole comedy skit of um, me interviewing that kind of fan and I, I've, I've reached out to a couple of comedians to talk about that that they're like you know to have that so okay I think that's fair I like it all right now Excellent. this one you could song that's underappreciated okay this is also an unusual pick and I'm not trying to be super cool here it's a it's I didn't even know this song until a few months ago but a friend of mine really likes it. And he said, listen to it. And I did. And I, um, it was clear. It, this song to me is emblematic of how hard Bruce still works to make him a better musician, a better performer, a better singer, a better artist overall. So the song is Lift Me Up from the Limbo soundtrack because it's all falsetto. And it's from the late 90s and it's all falsetto. And I wouldn't say it's like his greatest song ever, but I do think it just really shows how hard he keeps working for us as fans and for himself as a musician that he just is never satisfied with where he is. And he's always looking to the next horizon for himself. And he takes us along with him. And I think the song Lift Me Up on the Limbo soundtrack is a great example. of that. I think that is a great choice. I really love that. All right, song that you love. Wrecking Ball. Oh, nice. I just love it. There's no, I just love it. I just love it. And, it, you know, I could say all kinds of things about it, but I just, it always gets me going. Uh, it's gotten me through some really hard times. And, you know, for a song, again, it's very Bruce. It's a song that's a very specific <laughs> it's about a specific moment at a specific place at a specific time about a specific structure even and um because he's so specific it becomes universal you know bring on your wrecking ball yes i love that song it was on my uh, my f cancer playlist when mm-hmm. i was getting chemo um i tweeted this i don't know if you saw but the movie the high note Mm-mm. Okay, so um, it, it's all about um, this um, this assistant to a like Aretha Franklin type star. Okay, yes. and and Ice T plays her um, assist her manager, uh-huh. and he says. Uh, and I, I don't do it justice. I, I'll I'll forward you the video I made of it because I recorded it. He's basically, they're not going to see the, he you know wrecking ball. 
they want to hear Thunder Road. <laughs> and so, and, and I tweeted that and a couple people went, oh, I can't believe someone's giving, because the assistant goes back, no, Wrecking Ball was actually a brilliant album that was, was very successful. And, you know, and he's like, they don't care. They want Thunder Road. And so uh, I, I love Wrecking Ball. It's, it is one of my favorite albums. And that is a great song. I think yes. it's a truly great song. It's always in my top three albums. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, sometimes, uh, usually number two, I have to be honest. The yeah. whole album, there's not a miss on that album as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I think I was the only one, but when here in Dallas several years ago, after they had built the new Cowboy Stadium, they blew up Texas Stadium where the Cowboys used to play and they did it live on a Sunday morning. And I was like, are they going to play Wrecking Ball? <laughs> like, are they going to play Wrecking Ball? How are they not playing Wrecking Ball? Right. I know it's Giants, but it it's the perfect song, and they didn't. It's a song was, written for the end of a stadium. Exactly. It's like, how are you missing that? <laughs> song you can listen to over and over again. I have a theory okay. that when I, someday far, far, far in the future, when I die, uh, one of the things that will happen is I get to ask St. Peter at the gate or whoever it is, whoever it is that's there, I get to ask them any questions that I have and get okay. answers to those questions. Like who shot JFK? What happened? Would be an example of things you could ask. Mm -hmm. I am going to ask the question, how many hours did I spend listening to the song Thunder Road? <laughs> And how and what percentage of those hours was I crying while I did it? So the answer to your question, what song can I listen to over and over is Thunder Road. No question. I, I, I love that answer. That's that's really good. That's that it is an interesting question. Like, have I ever thought about how many times, you know, it is um, it could have been another verse in Blowing in the Wind. How many times does a fan <laughs> listen to Thunder Road? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, I love that. Yeah. All right. Song that made you fall in love with Bruce. I mean, you know the story of how I became really the fan that I am now. Is I yes. just woke up one morning and decided I had to listen to Bruce Springsteen and I bought all of his albums for a penny and uh, from one of those clubs and then just listen to him. And so there wasn't one song in that phase, but when Born in the USA came out uh, in the eighties, a friend of mine and I bought the album together and then I got a tape of the album and then she got the album of the album. And anybody who's listening, I promise Bruce, I have paid for your music a million times since then. Um, I, you know, I own Born in the USA. But their one song on there captivated me like no other song at the time. And that song is I'm on Fire. Okay. It's so pretty and it's so simple and it's so short and it is so beautiful. And, you know, I loved the rest of the album the way everybody did at the time. Uh, but that song stopped me dead in my tracks. And I think that's when I understood there was something special about Bruce and his music. It didn't convert me to the fan that I am now. Uh, that happened about mm, 
maybe 15 years later, but. Okay. What, what I find interesting is one great choice, but um, I've said this before that um, if I'm going to place a bet, I will bet if you go to a cover band or you go to a guy at a bar and you throw your five bucks or 10 bucks into the bucket, go, can you play Bruce Springsteen? Better than even money, he'll do I'm on fire. I will take I'm on fire. You can take the rest of the catalog. I wouldn't win every time, but more times yeah. than not, I will get I'm on fire. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a beautiful and haunting and yes. very real song. It is. Yeah. It, and it's, uh, yeah, great. Oh, great. Song that changed your life. Uh, I'm stuck between two. You can, you can give both. I'm stuck between two. Um, the one that I had down was the song Hello Sunshine. Okay. Because I was at a conference the day that it came out and they played it on Sirius XM radio before you could get it on any of the streaming devices and somebody sent it to me from XM radio. And I was at a conference. I was at a luncheon at a conference sitting next to my client who knows what a huge Bruce Springsteen fan I am. And I got very pale and I, I sat at the, I put in my headphone, my earphones at the table and I listened to hello sunshine. And then, um, during this luncheon and I started crying so hard I had to step out the side and stand in the hallway because it was just such a revelation to me to have new Bruce music after so long absolutely Uh, it was the first Bruce music after a whole bunch of stuff had gone down in my life and it was really really powerful but it takes second place to Santa Claus is coming to town. Okay. Because I'm I'm pretty sure that 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 the Bruce and the band version of Santa Claus is coming to town was such a revelation to me when I heard it probably in 98, 99. I don't think I'd heard it before. If I had, I hadn't noted it. And I was like, that's Bruce Springsteen. And it was a few months later that I woke up and said, I need to listen to Bruce Springsteen now. And I, I, Looking back, I really think it was hearing Santa Claus is coming to town that, that, you know, flipped that dial for me. And so that it could just, it was the last number in the combination to open up the, the, the vault. And so here I am. I'm going to say Santa Claus is coming to town, changed my life. I love that answer, mostly because now that I'm going to pull this part of the video and send it to Junior who is uh, one of my co-hosts of the How Many podcast. And he always makes the joke that Santa Claus is coming to town and Bruce's biggest hit. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> and so uh, so now that I, I need to send that to him, so and he will go, uh-huh, see, see. Um, what's a song that surprised you? Blinded by the Light. Ah. But here's why it surprised me. Uh Given that I didn't really become a fan until I was in my early 30s, maybe, um, I didn't know it was a Springsteen song until right. I popped that CD of Greetings into the into the car CD player and it came on and I was like, he covered Manfred Mann? I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but I listened to classic rock all through high school. Sure. Right? All through high school, I have heard the I have heard that version of "Blinded by the Light" a million times. 
But then I heard Bruce and I was like, oh my God, you're kidding me. This guy has written all these amazing songs that other people have done. And there's of course so many of them, but I didn't know that at the time. I was so surprised. I was well, so surprised. You know, I'm old enough, Betsy, that I remember riding the school bus to Sam Houston High School, hearing Blinded by the Light, you know, over the AM radio, you know, that the bus driver had on. And, um, you know, and no idea that this guy, this this skinny songwriter from Jersey is writing this one. And so, uh, yeah, I could get that. And I, I do think that, um, you know, that, in fact, on Quorum, you know, the website where people ask questions, you know, somebody asked like, hey, why does Bruce Springsteen, why do Bruce Springsteen fans think he wrote Blind with the Light? And people are like, well, he did, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> like, you know, so that's great. Like, you had to ask that on Quora? Why don't you just Google it? Yeah, uh, that is, you could answer almost everything on Quorum with, have you gone to Google? Um, so I don't know if you believe in guilty pleasures, uh, but that is your next question. Okay. Yeah, I'm not a big believer in guilty pleasures, but I understand the spirit of the question. And my answer is the song Man's Job. Okay. And the only reason I say that is because, um, you know, Human Touch and Lucky Town, uh, Bruce fans have a lot of feelings and opinions about uh, and they get kind of touchy about it. Almost as much as a Jeep commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but this time they've had 30 years to hone yes, these opinions exactly. and feelings. Yes. These, these, these feelings about human touch and Lucky Town have calcified over the years. Um, but I listened to Human Touch and Lucky Town a lot in that those initial few years sure. of just, I would just plug CDs into the car CD player mm -hmm. Um, you know, when I was first, when I made first made that decision that I just needed to listen to Bruce Springsteen, I listened to nothing else for about three years. Um, and I listened to Human Touch and Lucky Town a fair amount and got made fun of by it from some of my friends. Ben, if you're listening, I'm talking about you. And, um, you know, I love them. So yeah. it's a little bit of a guilty pleasure in part because I know saying so uh, even some of the people who are listening to this right now have just, you know, they're, they're going insane yelling at me and bless your heart, bless your heart. Yeah, I, I, I get that. Um, you know, I picked um, waiting on a sunny day because of the concert, you know, with so many, Oh, I'm tired of the little kid. And I'm just like, I just, I love the song. And I, every time I see him bring a kid up, I look, Bruce is so ready to be a grandfather. Yeah, He is so ready. He's looking at the three kids like, okay, come on, <laughs> let's do it. Plus you know, I love it when the kids come up. Yeah, I do I think too. It's very sweet. Yes, I do too. All right. We kind of talked about this when you were on the show to begin with, but song you wish you had seen live. Um, as you know, I haven't been to that many shows. Right. Uh, so this answer could be almost anything, but I'm going to go with Rainmaker. Oh, yeah. Because it's on the new album. No one's seen it live besides in the documentary when they were actually writing the song. Uh, no one's seen it live. I think it's incredible song i love it so much i cannot wait to see it live i cannot wait to see it live that 
that's a good answer. That's a really good answer. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, and your last question, great song to see live. <sighs> well, I'm going to go with um, the song he was singing when my friend Chris Coleman pushed me to the pit, the stage at the back of the pit and made sure that I, here's the song he was singing when I shook his hand, is what I'm saying. It's the song, I'm a Rocker. I love it. Yes. You give Chris all that credit. And uh, by the way, he was wonderful. Um, yes. As we're recording this. Um, Isn't he great? His episode will come out Thursday. Though I will tell you, um, he was passionate about Springsteen, but talk about Habit Habitat for Humanity, he lit up. Yes. That you could true is his passion. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. He he lives for service. Yeah, he really does. Yeah, he's a, he's a remarkable person. Mm -hmm. I, I I just I think so highly of him. Yeah. He's been such a good friend to me, including for folks who are listening. He knew when Bruce started walking. Uh, he knew the second Bruce was still on the main stage when Chris knew that he was going to come to the stage at the back of the pit. And so the second that I'm a rocker started, Bruce shoved me to the back. Uh, somebody else made way, got out of the way. I was right there in the corner during I'm a rocker. Bruce came and he shook my hand. I got to look him in the eye and mouth the words. Thank you. I said them out loud, but of course he couldn't hear them. No, I couldn't hear them. Yeah. And I got to say thank you, which is one of the things I've really wanted to do in this life. So that sounds go. great. That's nice. Um, these are great answers. Was there a lot of, what was your process in picking them? Did you, did you know immediately what you wanted or did you spend some time thinking? Oh, I spent a lot of time thinking. Cause of course I've been thinking about them since the first time I heard your podcast. Yeah. And um, I've thought about it on runs. Mm -hmm. I didn't really sit down to hammer it out until yesterday. Okay. The process was, write down the questions. But by then for some of them, I had thought about them so much that, mm -hmm. um, that I knew right away. And then for the last few, there are so many things like crossed out and this one and, mm -hmm. um, you know, a song that surprised me. Is it Terry's song? Is it blinded? Is it all these other songs? Sure. Um, yeah, it took, it was, but it was so fun. I mean, That's it's just great. fun to think about. Bruce's music. So I, I have a question for you, which is probably, um, I apologize in advance. This is so bad, but, um, you know, often when you find out someone like the, one of the worst things you could ask little Steven is, Hey, what's Bruce really like, you know? Yes. But I'm going to ask you in your time, did you get to meet mayor Pete? <laughs> Oh yeah, Pete's a friend of mine. Okay, because because I, I you you responded to me like I don't think Pete or his husband are a big enough Springsteen fan. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna and not ask what he's like, but I am going to be and please lie to me if it's not true. Is he seems to be just one of the nicest guys in the world? Oh, he is. I'm not kidding when I say uh, we're yeah. friends and. Uh, he is exactly who he presents himself to be. There's no artifice there. There's no nothing. He's always the smartest person in the room and he's never a jerk about it. Mm -hmm. Like um, like you wouldn't know it unless you listened for five yeah. minutes. 
um, oh, he's wonderful. I, could, I, I mean, I can't say enough nice things about Pete and about Cheston. Yeah. Um, his husband is also one of my favorite people. So. Yeah, I'm so excited about this phase. And I, I think um, there is so much we need as a country and in infrastructure. And I just think this is really amazing that this is groundbreaking. This administration has done a lot of great things. And, and I just, I'm excited about it. And I just, every time I see him on an interview, I go, gosh, I like him. Yes. Gosh, he's really yes. smart. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's really smart. He's just, he's just as he presents himself to be. It's okay. really great. Good. I mean, for me, it was, oh, great. My friends are moving to DC. <laughs> yeah, I bet that is. <laughs> I bet that is true. You're for like, folks who don't know, I moved here about 18 months ago after a lifetime in Minnesota. Uh-huh. And I have friends here, but it's been yeah. hard to make friends because 11 of the 18 months I've been here have been in a pandemic. Right. So uh, I'm excited that I'm importing friends now yes. because of the administration change. And you could, like, I know you are really busy, but, you know, we would love to at least get drinks. I know. So, yeah. I know. Very nice. In, in my mind, somehow, um, uh, Secretary Pete's going to go, oh, Betsy's on a podcast? I should listen. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that I've name-checked them, of course I will. Yeah, have, there's the fantasy. I have to highlight it for them. Yeah. Um, this is great. So... Uh, if someone wants to reach you, how can they? You know, if you want, you can go to my website, BetsyHodges.com. Uh, you can go to my Twitter feed, which is at Betsy Hodges, or you can send me an email, Betsy at BetsyHodges.com. Very nice. What are you working on? I am working on a few things, doing some uh, racial equity trainings for different cities around the country as part of a team. Uh, And I have a book proposal that I am looking for representation for. So if you're a book agent out there listening uh, and you want to represent the next big book about race and whiteness in this country, I have a perspective that is not out there and I think will be transformative and you could be on the uh, elevator going up with it. So reach out, please. That sounds great. And then you will have to come back and promote it once we have it there yes so, yeah yes I, I, I was so happy uh todd goldsmith what todd goldberg was on there and you know he had um has written a lot of mystery novels and he made the joke like you know from now on anytime i have a new book i'm showing up on this podcast to talk bruce and promote the book and i'm like i love it it's great <laughs> excellent i will for sure because uh actually Bruce's approach to all of us is an inspiration for me as I think about how to work with white people around racial equity and how to enroll us in that work. That's good. That's a good. Yeah. We'll keep work, keep fighting the good fight. Thank keep, you. Keep, um, I think a a a voice uh, on Twitter about positive things and also, you know, what's going on. And I just appreciate you so much. And I, Thank you. Um, I, I um. I talk to Linda all the time. She's like, yes, yes, yes. Betsy, your new best friend. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, um, I said, you know, we just had a great time. So yes. thank no, you. No, my husband was like, wait, you're going on it again? I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and oh, anytime, yeah. if you think of yeah. something else you want to visit, let's let's do it. That's great. Let's do it. Awesome. Thank you so much. No, thank you. Listeners, you 
could join me to give you your songs of your life. I haven't done these in a while, so I'd love to get some people going. For now, be safe, social distance, wash your hands, wear a mask, and let's be good to each other because that's the only way we're going to get through this. Talk to you soon. Goodbye. This podcast would not be possible without the love and support of my listeners and specifically my patrons. Thank you very much to Levi Petrie, Elizabeth Bronson, Stephen Malio, Holly Mack, Steve Rogers, Dale Hosick, Terry Smith, Anna Lynn, Chris Bloom, and Mary Thomas. Thank you all for your support. It is greatly appreciated. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listing Bruce. Set Listing Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.